0: Uh, I invite you to take out your Bibles and turn with me to the book of James near the end of the New Testament. Uh, If you don't have a Bible and uh, don't have a a phone app, Bible app, then look in the seats around you or in front of you and see if there's a Bible underneath that you can grab. Turn to the Gospel of James and let us, uh, let's pray uh, as we get ready to receive God's Word. Our Lord and our God, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for what it reveals about you, what it reveals about us, and how it empowers us to live the life that you desire for us and therefore that we desire for ourselves. Will you speak to us now through the power of your Holy Spirit? We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Read with me, uh, starting with verse 2 of James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossoms fall, and its beauty is destroyed. And in the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life and the Lord, uh, that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that he might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Amen. This month, we are going to look at the book of James and look at what it says about living with integrity. I would suggest that integrity... It, culturally, is, is uh, one of the most admirable qualities that a person uh, may possess. And we might desire integrity for that regard just because we know culturally. It's like we, we are attracted to people who show integrity in their life. But we should pursue integrity not just uh, because it's admirable. And let me, let me put a statement on the board for you this morning. Uh, why should we pursue integrity? It's because of this reason. The person you become is your most important human pursuit. Most important human pursuit, you might say, oh, shouldn't we be pursuing God? Okay, your most human pursuit, the most important human pursuit, is the person that you are going to become. What is integrity? We're going to talk about what is integrity briefly its importance, and then spend more time with what Chapter One of James says about how to to grow in integrity. Um, I like to think of integrity as this unity uh, between our inner life and our outward actions. Where do we get the word integrity? It comes from uh, the Latin word where we get integer from. Uh, th- those of you who have been beyond what fifth grade math, uh, what's an integer? A whole number living with integrity is living with wholeness this this unity this this integration between our our inner life and our outward actions and outward reactions a life of integrity could be described as a deep life you're 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 relying deeply on what is within you having integrity means Living your life beneath the the surface, this integration between inner life and outward, your 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 outward life. Um, so if 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 you're just living surface level, not not relying on on what's within, what God has grown within you, you're, you're just living on the surface level, and that. Lifestyle is, is, is completely reactionary to circumstances in life. Something great happens, you're all happy. Something bad happens. James talks about trials. You're through trials, and, and, and we're just reacting to the trials. Maybe getting angry and lashing out in anger. Maybe getting afraid and being frozen by fear, doing nothing. You, your behavior can swing wildly, you might do things that you regret, and later think, you know that that wasn't me. How I acted in that situation that wasn't that wasn't me. It's in the surface level uh, living that someone might think I, I don't feel free to be truly me. I, I'm just reacting all the time. I hate the trials that I face because they just. They toss me around, a happy one moment, panicking the next moment, flailing around in my panicking like I'm drowning in water. So why should we pursue integrity? Why is it important? Integrity is the key to living in freedom, where we're not just reacting to everything that we experience. Because integrity is this unity between our inner life and our outward actions. I said we would be going through what is integrity and its importance pretty quickly. We're going to spend much more time on what does God do to grow integrity in us? What does God do to grow integrity in us? Um, how does God shape us so that we pursue uh, the, the, the right things in life? James 1, verse 2 says this, Consider it pure, pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. Trials of many kind. Consider it pure joy. God is doing some deeper work in our inner being through trials. So we're going to look at this point of integrity. I'm going to give you three or four more points about integrity uh, and, and One is this, God grows integrity through trials. But we have to be seeking God during our trials. If we're not seeking God, if we're not seeking to, to grow this inner life of faith, then we likely will misappropriate the trials that we go through in the development of our inner life. Our inner life is going to develop one way or the other. And if we're not seeking God, if we're not seeking faith, then... We're going to misappropriate, we're going to misinterpret the experiences that we go through as we develop our inner life and we'll be disfigured inwardly. For example, someone faces continued rejection. Without pursuing God and faith in God during that experience, the conclusion could be, I just can't trust people to like the real me over and over again. They reinforce that and they they form this conclusion, you know what, I have to go with fake me around others. That's how I'm going to live my life. Or someone grows up in a, in a, in a, in a family that faces financial difficulties uh, constantly throughout their, their younger years. And, and likely you know people who have gone through severe financial challenges. And... Um, and they have a perspective on possessions that you wish that you had. They had a peace and contentment in their life. But that isn't always the result. Someone could go through um, those financial difficulties, see their parents facing financial struggles, and resolve, I am never going to go through that in my life. I'll do whatever it takes to get ahead, even if it means i got to lie, cheat, and steal. Trials will shape our inner life one way or the other, only in god 's hands will our inner life and the development of it actually give us freedom to to, to be who God wants us to be going through trials. so James gives uh, practical examples in verses nine and ten, a couple of practical examples. he gives two groups, those in humble or low position or a humble or a low position, and he contrasts that with the rich, so the humble and the low position. Those facing financial difficulties can't. Okay, so two two groups, two trials. Can financial prosperity be a trial? Uh, it might not seem that way, but when Jesus says things like "It's easier for the rich, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of an needle than for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven," yes, I would, I would, I would suggest that financial prosperity can be a trial, just like financial difficulty. See, rich, both rich and poor, can become slaves. Let's talk about freedom, what gets in the way. We can become slaves to money and possession. If one who is rich becomes so protective of their wealth because it becomes a part of their identity and security and has become the source of personal pride, then she isn't free but has become a slave to her wealth. And as someone who is, is poor is hardened with disappointment and bitterness over the struggle and, and envies those who have money, and his instinct is to become bitter towards God and life so hard, then he's become a slave as well towards wealth. Trials can lead to inner enslavement or inner freedom. It depends if for pursuing God and pursuing. Our faith in God. So James offers a solution for real freedom from temptations and being dragged away by our own evil desires, as he puts it in verse 14. Did you catch that? Don't be dragged away by your evil desires. James offers this real solution. Look in verses 16 and 17. He says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And what this says is this, if I have received something good in my life, it hasn't come through my own luck or fortune, and it hasn't come ultimately through my own accomplishments or my determination or how I use my skills. See, that's how I can be misled because worldly wisdom says one thing. Worldly wisdom says, oh, you worked hard so that you could earn all of these good things. That's what worldly wisdom tells us. James tells us if you have something good in your life, you have received it ultimately from the hand of God. Worldly wisdom says, oh, different trial, different trial. If I've felt that I've been wronged by someone else, that's my trial, and my inner life is just—I'm just angry on the inside. Well, come hell or high water, worldly wisdom tells us you got to make things right, you got to make them pay, or the trial of. Uh, financial prosperity, all my positions. I've had to, to work hard to get them all in my life, and I'm not giving them up for nobody, that's for sure. That's worldly wisdom. Or, I'm suffering. Worldly wisdom says life is bad, God is bad. It's all bad. James says, no, we have a Father in heaven who gives us every good thing. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of heavenly lights. And our heaven, our Father in heaven, does not change like shifting shadows. What is James getting at? Well, shadows can be deceptive. Shadows can spook. Um, As I was reading through that verse, I thought of one of my favorite places which is actually in the city of St. Louis, the Missouri Botanical Gardens. Just a beautiful, beautiful place. And every Christmas um, at the Botanical Gardens, they, they put Christmas lights everywhere. It's a, it's a destination in St. Louis at Christmas time. One of the, uh, the historic homes on the, the garden grounds has this statue of an angel. Um, it's a nice angel, it's a perfectly nice statue of an angel in the daylight. You know, its arms are kind of extended out and wings and all that stuff. Well, at Christmas time they stick this super bright floodlight in front of the angel. And, and that's good enough, right? But, but what isn't good is the shadow that is cast on the wall of this historic home at night. It is, it is the, I, I kid you not, it is the creepiest shadow I've ever seen. Um, our family calls it the angel of doom. Every time that we, we turned the corner and looked at the, the, the house, it's just this creepy shadow on it. Uh, shadows can creep. Shadows can be deceiving. But in the end, we know what? It's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. It, there's no substance to it. And James is saying, God doesn't like some shadow. James is saying, not only is God real, he is the most real being that there is. Uh, Including you or I. (laughs) See, you change, I change, God never changes, and so you can always count on Him. And that's the perspective to hang on to while we're going through trials. I mean, we can hold on to, to someone, you can, you can hang on to yourself um, in a trial, um, but that won't be as solid as hanging on to God. It doesn't change like shifting shadows, and who gives us every good and perfect gift, everything that we need. So if I am going through a financial struggle, if I'm, if I'm tempted to, to, to cheat, to get ahead, I can think, God, I'm going to hang on to you. You are not like the shifting shadows. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift. And you are a more sure and true provider for me than even my very self. See, every good and perfect gift I know comes from you. If I'm wealthy, I can know God has given this to me, and so I don't need to protect it as if I came up with it on my own because it's a gift from God. If I'm angry and I feel wronged, I can think, God, I want vengeance. But as much as I might want to get even, I know that you will provide exactly what I need, not the vengeance that I'm seeking, not getting even, I can rely on you to give me exactly what I need because you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. What we see is that people, and here's the second point about integrity, people with integrity look to God for what they need. That is the key to living with integrity and having our inner life and our outer life, match one another. If we aren't looking to God for what we need, our inner lives, they will not be able to stand up to the temptations that that we face. Because we will be looking to other sources that are shifting shadows, that do change. I change. My strength, my capacities change. I can't rely on myself to face temptation. I have to Look to God for what I need when I'm going through a trial or facing temptation. I was thinking about the importance of looking to God in faith, expecting to receive from God. Um, and I, I, thought, I, asked, I thought this question, could it be one of God's great plans for us is that he grows our faith? That that like that's God's one of His biggest plans for us, and we come up with all kinds of plans for ourselves, don't we? God's one of His biggest plans is is to grow our faith. That's what He wants for us, and we come up with all kinds of aspirations for ourselves, and some are great, you know, career goals, family goals, educational goals—these great goals. Uh, we, we aspire. A satisfying life, a rewarding life, a meaningful life—that's that, great. That's great. But what if God has um, just a, a different idea of what He wants to do in our life, and that is to test our faith, so that He can strengthen our faith and grow our faith? You know, we know that that. Um, Our faith growing does not happen without trials and testing. So God tests our faith so that he can grow our faith because he wants us to have as strong and sure and solid and bold of a faith as possible. He says, I want you to receive just this greatest gift that I can give you, and that is the gift of this strong, solid faith. And then I thought, so I've got these goals for myself, How much is the growth of my faith, one of of my life aspirations? I ask you to think the same question. How much is that one of your goals, to grow in your faith? Because through faith, we access our true life with God. Through faith is the only way that we can relate to God as God would have us relate to him. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says... Uh, and without faith it is impossible to please god it's impossible to please god without faith because anyone who comes to him must believe not only that he exists likely you're here this morning because you believe god exists maybe you're checking that out but not just that also believe that god earnestly rewards those who or god rewards those who earnestly seek him it's through faith that we live into our true life with God. So have you made a mature faith your aspiration? That is what God wants for you. And God uses trials to test and grow our faith. And faith is the key to growing in our integrity. See, the truth is I cannot on my own get my inner life straight so that I can live that out with true integrity. Faith and turning to God is the key. And here's how we do it. Look at verses 21 and 22. Verse 21 says, Humbly accept the word of God planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. How do you humbly receive the word of God that God has planted in us? Well... It's to know that God the the authority of God's word is greater than than my own authority. Uh, I think I may know how to have a, a satisfying life, but if I think that I know more than God about how to have a satisfying life, then I'm flat out wrong. <laughs> So receiving God's word humbly means, say, God, you know more than I do. I accept the authority of your word more so than my own authority. Without that, without that perspective, then I'm always going to retain some veto power over God's word. You know, where you read something, you're like, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's reserving veto power over God's word. That's saying, God, I know better how to run my own life than, than you do. So humbly coming to God's word means believing. There's something good, really good, that God wants to bring in my life through his word when I am a doer of his word and not just a hearer of his word. James says a person who only hears God's word and is not a doer of God's word is like someone, look at verse 23, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself... He goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So the word "look" in that verse it means to really study. I mean, you, you're, you're studying this your, your image in, in the mirror. I, I, I want to know who I am. I really, I really am studying to know who am I. I want to really know who, what is my true nature. Of course, what James is implying is, as we read God's word, it, it reveals to us who we truly are, our true nature. Our, That's how our inner life should be formed. And James says, if you aren't knowing and doing God's word, you won't be living out God's life for you, God's true identity for you. You, you, And you'll fail to have integrity. And you'll keep doing things that you don't want to do. And you'll be slaves to your experiences. Now look at verse 25. But whoever looks intently... Into the perfect law that gives freedom, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have done, but doing it, they will be blessed in whatever they do. You'll be blessed. There's something that God wants to do in your life through His Word. The word "look" in that verse, by the way, is, is different than the, the the word for "look" in verses 23 and 24. Looking in the mirror, studying the mirror, it's a different it's a it's a it's a different word for look. It it, it it means to to look with with awe, to to stoop down and and look with with wonder and awe. It's only used a, f- a few times in 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 the Bible. It's used in um, in First Peter chapter one. Angels look with wonder into how the suffering of Christ has led to our salvation. It's used in Luke and John when the disciples. Stoop down and look into the to the tomb, to, looking for looking for what happened to Jesus Jesus's body. Looking in, with awe and wonder, and that's how we are to look into God's word to think, "Oh God, Oh God, what? what stoop down. What What are you going to be doing in my life through your word? See, there's a, a here, here's the fundamental difference that God makes in our life as we face trials. The world would have us say, through, when we face trials, either, woe is me and despair, or the world will say, you know what? You need to be as hard as a rock or as cold as a rock to make it through this and exploit and manipulate and do whatever you can to, to advantage yourself, to make it through this trial. Christianity says, consider it pure joy when you're going through trials because God is the one who, what did God do? He took the the world's greatest trial when his son Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, taking his sins on him. That trial to bring about something so wondrous, the resurrection of his son and our own resurrection into a new life. So don't you believe for a second that he won't use the trial that you're going through for something beautiful in your life as well. And if you don't come to God's word with that faith and expectation, like, God, I'm reading your word, and I'm expecting you to do something beautiful in my life through your word, you'll be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. So expect something beautiful and good to happen as you humbly accept the word of God that God has planted in you. Expect God to grow your inner life so that even when you're going through a trial, through this inner life that God has grown in you, you'll, you'll act with integrity. There'll be, your, your outer actions will match your inner life. God grows our ability to show integrity when we receive his word through faith. So, integrity, I want you to think about this. Integrity grows through faith, or it doesn't grow at all. Real integrity, the kind that God brings in our life, grows through faith, or it's not going to grow at all. And I saw a picture of this the other day. I was, uh, I was driving, um, I was driving down... South on Saturn Drive, past uh, Space Center Intermediate School, you know there was a school zone there I, and, and, and at one of the intersections, um, I was pulled up to a red light, and I saw this this boy couldn 't have been over third grade, and as he was waiting patiently at this i mean he kind of walked up to the stoplight, waited patiently at the stoplight and uh, and then as his crosswalk. Light lit up for him to, you know, to to, to walk across, and and this this, uh, I, I as soon as that cross lock walk light turned him across this boy. I mean, wearing his brown backpack on his blue t shirt, and and his his uh, red rimmed glasses, his eyes looking through his red rimmed glasses, just with this intensity. He just raced across that intersection as fast as he could, got to the other side, stopped. <laughs> and, as, and he turned to you know to go across the other intersection. And as soon as that light turned, he just raced across as fast as he could, as determined as he could. And, um, and I, I saw the boy do that, and I thought, that is one well-trained boy. And I, I, I thought of his mom going over and over with him. Now, this is what you do. You get to that intersection... And you just, once you, you look, you make sure there's not a car going, and then you just race across as fast as you can to get safe to the other side. Um, kind of like us receiving God's word. <laughs> her going that over and over that with her son. Here's what you do when you get in this situation. And that's what God's word does for us. Here's what you do when you're in this situation. You do this. You do this. You do this. And that, that little boy just had that that... Faith in what his mom had trained him how to do to get safe to school. And that should be us. Think, God, I will face trials. I know I'm going to face them. They're, they're, they're there to, to grow my faith in you. And you, you give me your word to form me and guide me through trials. And you provide every good and perfect gift along the way that I need to sustain me in that trial. And and when you realize that, that that is what God is doing, do you know what that gives you? It gives you inner peace. It gives you inner peace. So I'm going to close by giving this definition of integrity. Maybe this will last us through the month. We're going to look throughout James at different aspects of this integrity that God gives to us. But try this on. Integrity is turning our inner life into action through inner peace with God. We receive that inner peace with God when we come to him by faith, looking at his word that he's implanted in us and expecting God to do something good and lasting and beautiful and meaningful in our inner life so that we can live that out. So that we can be not just hearers of God's word, but doers of God's word. I invite you to come back as we keep looking at integrity, and let's pray. God, thank you that you um, so treasure us. You love us. We are your children And we're like that boy crossing those intersections on his way to school. You give us everything we need to to make it through these trials, to get through safely to the other side, only if we will look to you and listen to you and trust you, and then with that determination, carry out what you are growing on our, our, in our inner life, in our inner being, as we trust in you and turn to your word. Lord, help that to be true in our life as we face trials even right now. Help us to be turning to your word, listening and trusting for you to get us safely to the other side. Stronger, more faithful, more equipped and people who really show the world what a great God you are. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.